Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Play for your share of over $14,000 with Summer Jam Machine Tournaments at Muckleshoot Casino. Tournaments are back. Friday, July 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th. Register for free with your Muckleshoot Rewards card starting at 4 p.m. Don't be late. The tournament starts at 5 p.m. Summer Jam Machine Tournaments. Select Fridays at Muckleshoot Casino. The biggest and best in the Northwest. Unsolved Mystery and Slack Tide. They've been in their own private match race for the last few furlongs, and Slack Tide reclaims that lead from Unsolved Mystery. 16th to go. It's Slack Tide who leads by a length and a half over Unsolved Mystery. Then it's Golden Glitter. It's Slack Tide. Another six win for Slack Tide. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs with you. Thanks for joining us. And we are headed toward a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of action. A little bit extra this weekend. It's Corgi Sunday. I say that first because uh, it's happening and a lot of stuff going on here at Emerald Downs. Because the Corgi Show later in the year will be on ESPN, the Ocho, and uh, repeated a few other times. So we've got a little extra production going on. But also the Governor's Stakes and the Washington Legislator's Stakes, John Lindley, Greg Conley are going to join us. We just heard Slack Tide win last weekend's stake. She's the first two-time stakes winner at the meeting, Vince. Yeah. Yes, she is. And uh, Blaine Wright, the beat goes on with him. He's now number three ahead of Jim Penny on the all-time list. Um, Past Jim Penny, 51 to 50. That's a big name in Washington racing. Can't get any bigger. <laughs> all-time leader in the mile, Washington Racing Hall of Fame. Uh, the Penny family is kind of a dynasty. And you mentioned... Uh, Corgi Racing, well, Scott Hansen, the Seattle Times, has a big story coming out on Sunday on all the promotions that have gone on here over the years. He talked to Phil Ziegler, Ron Crockett, Leslie Mowing, several other people. And, uh, you know, Joe, we've come around on that. It's kind of fun to see a big crowd out. And oh. they do get exposed to the sport. Yeah, you can't you can't argue with uh, our some of our promotional days at all. Uh, I know the other horsemen like to see a lot of people at the track. I mean, you know. Where, where do you want to be? You want to be where the action is. Yeah, the, jock, the jockeys is, love oh, it. They, they love get it. Pumped. Bill, you saw that in Indiana, I'm sure, where you'd have some promotions, getting people out to the races. 
Yeah, not as much as here. I'll tell you what, uh, promotions, uh, the, you know, the number of people that will come out for for the Corgi Day, from what I hear, is is unbelievable. I mean, I, I was set, we sit in the meetings and there's not a seat to be had in the whole place. It's going to be a sellout. Yeah. It's going to be a sellout. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that for a second. That's that's uh, that, that translates to excitement and hopefully people having a good time and, and coming back out and enjoying the horse races in a, in a future visit. I guess I heard the word corgi before five years ago, but it really didn't mean that much to me. And uh, But I certainly know corgis now because we're going to have 80 of them here at Emerald Downs on Sunday again this year. Uh, it's it's the biggest dog racing day of, this, of the calendar year in which we do have wiener dogs, bulldogs, wiener wannabes, so forth. So yeah, it'll be fun on Sunday at Emerald Downs. Big crowd couple of outstanding stakes races, especially the governors, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Um, and Vince mentioned, yeah, check your Seattle Times on Sunday. Scott Hansen, their turf writer, did an extensive story. Check this out. A gal named Marlo Hunter. She's 18 years old. She's coming out from Michigan for the Corgi races only with her family, apparently. They've bought a box seat. There's four of them. She's 18. She's behind the whole thing. I'm going to do an interview with her at some point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's coming out because she loves corgis. She admits she's obsessed by corgis. So we'll find out a little bit more about Marlo Hunter. Special day for her to come out to Emerald Downs to watch the corgis. Well, Slack Tide won that Kent State's Kent Stakes last week. Blaine Wright has won, uh, you mentioned him, Vince. He's won five of our first eight stakes races. Pretty dang outstanding, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, and just over, we mentioned a couple weeks ago over the last, we had Blaine on over the last, since 2017. He's got more than twice the number of stakes wins as as the next closest, which would be Frank Lucarelli. So quite a barn he's put together over there. And this year we saw, already saw an exciting two-year-old called running out of days come out of his barn so yeah. he's got he's got uh he's loaded in just about all the categories and juan guterres won another stake last week he leads among the jockeys with three stakes wins even though he's third in the standings behind alex cruz and kevin radke and uh juan is uh creeping up on galen mitchell's all-time track record right yeah he's overhauled ricky frazier yeah. he's got uh what 73 now i think it's 74 74 and it was galen with 80 i think yep. and uh so if not this year probably next year for one yeah he's got of course some great mounts so uh those uh, veterans of emerald downs juan of course has been uh Really tough here since the early 2000s. Blaine worked for Grant Forrester, his father. But uh, as Vince mentioned, boy, the last uh, five, six years, his prowess has just really been something. So what about uh, last week's award winners, Vince? And by the way, uh, good to have you back. Vince had his first colonoscopy earlier this week, and it took a little something out of you, huh? It was yesterday, yeah. And you know, I'd, I'd been putting it off. The doctor said he wouldn't, he would stop scheduling me as, as a patient if I didn't finally mm-hmm. get it done. And he, Good for him. he scheduled me for it. And if I had my druthers, I would never do it. I'd, um, you, first of all, you have to drink this junk the night before called soup prep. And I mean, not just a little bit, you got to drink like four quarts of the stuff and it tastes awful and it makes you feel awful. And you know what else? And then they put you under for this thing. And I came out of it with a roaring headache after anesthesia, after the procedure, roaring headache. And I felt like my insides had been vacuumed out. And it was just 
terrible till about midnight. So I'm not whining. I mean, maybe I am because people have a lot worse than that. People who have to endure pain with chemotherapy and stuff like that. My heart goes out to them. It's a necessary thing, but uh, it was no fun. Yeah, doesn't sound like it at all. No. Well, I'm glad you got the procedure because uh, it saves a lot of lives for sure, uh, colonoscopy. Okay, that's enough colonoscopy yep. talk, but uh, glad to see you are back and at it. And uh, how about last week's uh, weekly honors? Right, jockey was uh, Eddie Martinez. He's been one of our regulars here the last few years. Uh, trainer Tom Wenzel, he's really been on an extended role here. He's over 25% for the meet. Tom's having a great meet. He's got a runner in the stakes on Sunday, so lose his whiz. The owner, Friendship Stable, Q Stable, and Craig Fredrickson, they own It's All About the Ride, who won a real good decision over Executive Chef, a real game win, and that's an improving horse. And that also is our Washington Bread of the Week. It's All About the Ride. Jenny Weber and Ken Jacobson, the breeders, and the Quarter Shoot Cafe also come from Bonnie Jenny Barn, the Groom of the Week, Rutilio Mendez Rebus. Nice. Yeah, we'll hear Bill's call of It's All About the Ride coming up in uh, the start of our third segment. That's the son of Harbor the Gold who, hey, that was a fast pace in there with a view from above. Those two stuck it out really, really mm -hmm. well. And of course, the favorite executive chef joined him at the end, but It's All About the Ride got it, Bill. I mean, It's All About the Ride uh, made it when we started the meets and uh, just uh, got better and better and now a stakes winner. Yeah. Uh, the improvement from It's All About the Ride this uh, season has been uh, quite stark. It, yeah, he's uh, he's a good one. Yeah, that's great for those people, too, that uh, Friendship Stable, Bonnie Jenny, Craig Fredrickson, uh, Doug, and Nancy McPhee, the owners. Yeah, some of the connections that could have been the whiskey, one of our champions here. Right. Boy, you know, Bonnie Jenny's a really good trainer. Yeah. When she gets a good horse, she doesn't make any mistakes, as far as I can see. I mean, she is just outstanding. Yeah, she had could have been the whiskey, and like you said, as well, and a lot of other Emerald Downs stakes horses like Mr. Macaw and uh, Lady Ledoux. And Lady Ledoux was like seven for eight lifetime. Yeah, she was she was an awesome daughter of Sloodledoux, been a pretty good producer as well. Okay, so that's last week's uh, honor winners uh, news and notes updated at emeralddowns.com. They went up this morning, yeah. Awesome. That's something to check out every week if you're a true Emerald Downs fan. Uh, Bill is uh, going to call the races this week. That's great, Bill. Good to hear you're going to be here this week because you're going to take a little vacation the week after. Yes, going back east to take care of some stuff. So uh, Tom Harris, who was a former announcer here at Emerald Downs right before me, will be uh, out here next weekend to uh, call the races. So I'm sure... Uh, uh, if you're out here at all and uh, know Tom, uh, Tom will be a familiar face and voice and we'll be here thankfully next weekend. I always like when uh, there's a a person that can fill in at a racetrack. Because <laughs> I could tell you this right now, I had a couple times in Indiana that I had, I had to take off. I had, I had you know my ish family stuff I had to take care of up in Chicago at a moment's notice. And we have like, it was like trying to find. Really? trying to find a sunken treasure uh, out in the middle of the Atlantic without a map. It was, it was tough. So it's nice to have uh, someone such as uh, Tom uh, sitting in the fold, now, if you will. When you are gone, will you be tuning in at all? Or are you one of those people when they're gone, they're gone? Well, you know me, I'm always, I I'll be paying attention. I think I'll be up in 
Northwest Pennsylvania. So I don't know. I, Sunday is going to be difficult because uh, there'll be, uh, I think that will be a pool day. So I don't know how much I'll be able to uh, get away and, and what. But then again, maybe I, I use that as an excuse. And it's not I, hard I to got, glance I, at the phone a little bit. Yeah, I got I got, got to watch this race. Yeah. Megan, my girlfriend. You might girlfriend, have to so. sneak it in, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Bill, uh, he'll be here this weekend for all of our great action. And then Tom will be calling the races on the 29th, 30th, and 31st of July. Tom Harris will be here this weekend as well for part of our Corgi presentation, along with Alex Wilson of the Weather Channel. So uh, look for them here at the track, and it'll be good to see Tom, who uh, when he started here, I believe he'd called at 21 different tracks in North America, which is Got to be a big number, Bill. Yeah, that got me beat. I'm um, just trying to throw off the top of my. I might be at a, like a you know calling a race. You know, that's the thing. Just calling yeah. a race puts you on the list. I would say probably I'm a you know probably like a dozen or so. Baker's dozen, maybe. Who knows? That's just yeah, going off the top of my head. That's so. a big number. Did you, did you call it Harbor Park ever? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've called it in at least two tracks. Ninety two. Yeah, I did. I did call there. Very much dabbled. Yeah, Joe did. Long Acres, week at Long Acres, yeah. Or week, two days at oh, Long Acres. It like a whole week. And uh, a couple days at Yakima. Somewhere I got a tape of that Harbor Park day. I never can find <laughs> it. It's in, so I'd like to watch that. So. Yeah, let's see. LaSalle, Lo- <laughs> I call one race at LaSalle. Okay. Emerald, uh, Rieto, uh, Turf Paradise, Arapahoe Park, uh, obviously Indiana Grand or whatever they call it now, Horseshoe Indianapolis, uh, Beulah Park, River Downs. Thistle down, all those Ohio tracks, huh? Yeah, most of most of them uh, I've gotten. I, I spent a lot of time in Ohio. Presque Isle, Presque Isle. I was the first announcer at Presque Isle, Alice Park, uh, Churchill Downs, Arlington. And you... Arlington, I called a couple races that, as that's well. That's adding up quick. Yeah, so that uh, I think that pretty much covers it. What about Southern Cal? Then LaSalle, just LaSalle. Yes, LaSalle. Okay. Never got to call one at San Anito or Hollywood Park or. Or Del Mar or anything along those lines. Alan Buckdahl was a good sub there for a lot of years, wasn't he? Sure was, yeah. Bucky would come in, and uh, he's kind of the perfect backup. He's got a nice, uh, you know, voice. Yeah. And he he knows how to get him around the track without too many problems cropping up. Uh, Bill, you certainly called a lot of practice races. Yes, at Santa Anita. I, I, Anita. I mean, I had this tape recorder. I, pro- pro- I went over those. these these tape cassettes. <laughs> uh, they got the they got workouts uh, for sure. Uh, that's where I started uh, practicing. Uh, I was working out at uh, Santa Anita in the uh, late, late 90s um, in publicity before the internet really took over. And you would have uh, results lines you would call up. They had free results lines and they had the stretch calls as well. People used to call that. Oh, and that's yeah. how that was my uh, my first uh, uh, job uh, where the tracks actually paid me to. Uh, Same with to, Joe. Yeah. So kind of uh, right. Oh yeah. man. Radio reports and, and result lines were, hey, they were the thing. Big long. Joe list. had a whole, for the daily double results, it was like a whole page. Now, long what's the, of, what's the longer piece of paper? Eight and a half eight, by 11? 14, 14, 14. It was a 14, man. It was down here and it was filled up. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, so I think I mentioned John Lindley and Greg Conley were going to jo- join us. Greg is, uh, owner with his father, Chuck, and he's brought in a lot of new people into the game in uh, Paddock Partners, including Mike Mann's Gold. We'll get a little comment uh, on Mike Mann's and some of the, uh, um, what are we calling it? The metaverse from Greg. Could be some future involvement in horse racing. 
So, and we'll have some selections in our third segment as well. So let's take a break. We'll come back with John Lindley here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues, and as advertised, a guest on today's podcast is John Lindley, a great observer and handicapper of Washington racing since the mid-80s. John puts out Parker's, does a great job with that tip sheet, started at John back in what, 1985? Yeah, actually, right around now, July 17th, 1985, Hmm. I want to say hi to... Bill and Vince also, Joe, and um, it's great to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thank you. John, of course, sits with me on uh, Saturdays and Sundays and uh, offers a selection. You can pick up his tip sheet. You can also go to parkerspicks.com. John does a super job handicapping. And first of all, John, any uh, general observations of the 2022 meeting so far? Well, I think we're all happy it's sunny, but I think one thing we got to give a lot of credit to is the track maintenance people because, um, you know, as everybody knows, we had a lot of rain, yet we didn't miss any days. I think the surface was fair. They handled all sorts of weather. Mm. Um, I don't think there's any track in the country that could have handled the amount of weather and changes we had and not missed many days because, you know, you and I hear cancellations here and there all throughout the country, but really um, it's been... I'm sure for the horsemen and for a lot of people been really, you know, a battle with the weather, but um, we got through it and we got through it really well. Yeah. Eric Crowfoot and his staff, uh, hey, no problems with them at all. And uh, of course, our track is built to handle a little bit of moisture and it does a good job of that. So I'm sure Eric will be pleased to hear that. And uh, yeah, haven't heard too many disgruntled horsemen this year. Hey, um, what about uh, your strongest races to handicap? What, uh, what, where might those fall in? Yeah, I think for me. Um, and I'll say that because it, so, several times this year live, you've mentioned that Golden Gate horses with their synthetic form coming in have uh, frustrated you a little bit this year. Yeah, they've really, they've really have thrown me this year, and I think in previous years we've had a scenario where um maybe they had some different dirt form or i've i've had you know experience with the horses in the past but um you, you guys have to tell me what your experiences are this year with them but i've they've been hit and miss for me and some of them handle the dirt and some of them just don't seem to run well at all or maybe it takes them a start or two but um i think for me as joe knows and i'm sure uh, vince and bill have figured out over the years 
I like to hand, handicap the older horse races that we've seen all these horses again and again because one of my advantages I have, I feel I have, is, uh, you know, from a pace perspective, I'm pretty good at knowing who's going to be when and where, and that can give me an advantage um, over the general public in general because uh, a lot of people will see horses that are, have, have early speed but not really know which ones are really the fastest of the fast. So that's the type of races that I'm kind of going to um, maybe excel at. And mm-hmm. um, the ones that I'm not are going to be the ones with the least amount of information. Um, and, you know, I think everybody's in the same boat, but um, I prefer, you know, once I've known the horses and I've seen them run and I kind of have an idea of where they fit from a pace perspective, I feel pretty comfortable. Okay. Hey, John, uh, Vince here. I'm speaking of Golden Gate. Um a little unusual this year. I think the the circumstances down there, the the stable area is closing for maintenance. I think some irrigation or some something where everyone has to leave all horses, everything. So I think a lot of the barns have kind of culled their bottom level stock, and I think we've seen a lot of those horses come up here. And and it's just my without any data. I think we've seen more than usual Golden Gate horses, and I think a lot of those have not performed well. That's been my my thought. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think I think there's there's definitely some truth to that. I think you know they've run all winter, and then obviously through the spring, and then they still might have a race or two left. Um, and you know they're they're decent horses. They're just not showing the a lot of them not even showing the early speed. Now that synthetic surface is quirky and you know i watch it on occasion and it'll be kind of funny that one race they'll go 45 and change and the the speed will hold on the next race they'll go 46 and three and the closers will win and i'll just kind of look at it and it kind of throws me off but i think yeah. i think you're right vince i think there is probably some of that going on make make one um, exception for that tim mccann of course the last two years his horse is coming up from there doing absolute dynamite winning at about a 40 percent clip and of course when blaine wright brings his horses up from there they're pretty live but i'm talking at the bottom level i think those horses have been subpar my opinion okay John, I have uh, want to bring up uh, the database that you put together that's available to anyone that wants to uh, look at emeralddowns.com and then hit the handicapping tab or whatever it is. And then, John, every horse that runs at Emerald Downs writes a trip note. Talk about how long that takes to do each and every day and how did you get started doing that? As I, I find it a, a pretty valuable uh, tool. Uh, to kind of, you know, when I have a pretty good memory, but sometimes I, I forget stuff and, I, and then I can take a look and see if if, if you agreed with uh, maybe an assessment I had before. Uh, talk about that whole thing. And and I, I can't do the morning line without it. I've said that before. Yeah. Hey, it's really Vince, good. Bill's catching on to that thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. It's important. Think, important tool. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks. Um, actually, you know, I was talking with Joe. I would like Bill's view on some of this. The only view that I've never really had is that really high, high end view. But I do get uh, mm. four views from the um, TV guys. The guys in the TV room are great about getting. There's four different shots. Um, in addition to the fact that I'm there live, of course. Um, I think part of it is um, when I, I I probably watch every race. I would guess I want to say eight to ten times. Wow because of the four views and the back and forth and of course the live view and the replays when I'm at the track, I think at that point I feel pretty comfortable. I didn't miss anything. Um, it's one of those scenarios, but a lot, you know, experience really helps too, because there's certain areas at the track and some are obvious, like, you know, the start, but going into the turns and different points where there's more likely than not to have trouble, um, even in small fields. And everybody here knows this, even a four or five horse field sometimes, 
you can find, you know, oh, yeah. not significant trouble, but a little bit of trouble. So between the views there and the views at the track, um, I have a pretty good idea of just where the horses are going to be in advance. I, you know, that's part of what I expect. And then if something is kind of off because a horse broke slow or something, then I'll kind of keep an eye on that horse or just see what's going on there. But usually, you know, the TV views are really, really good. I get pretty good shots. And then um, I've mentioned to Joe with the um, drone we have now, it also gives me a fifth view, which I don't get to see every time, but um, it's interesting to watch it from that high perch that Bill gets to do too, because you don't necessarily see what the riders are doing as such, but you can really determine how much trouble a horse got in or how many lengths it broke slow from that view. So I'm trying to incorporate that in those notes too. And as everybody knows, I, I really suggest that, you know, we read the notes, but maybe go watch the race also because the notes are hopefully factually true, but whether or not it may have cost the horse a finished position or not is something that still has opened to subject information. For example, we saw a couple of horses break really bad in some routes recently, yet they won anyway because the pace scenario helped them. Now they're probably going to break bad again because that's just what some of these deep closers do, like master recovery or there's one running uh, Saturday. But um, so it's the interpretation part's kind of the handicapper's job. Hopefully the factual part's accurate. Okay. Very good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Bill, i come to know you have a good memory, but uh, you use John's notes as well. Yep, absolutely. Uh, just to, to, sometimes I, I have, I put horses in my stable mail almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And then when they come up, I'm like, oh, well, let me see what John had to say. You know, I'm almost certain he's going to agree with me, but uh, just to make sure that I'm not uh, missing anything or, or, or whatnot. Sure. Yeah, trip notes at emeralddowns.com. Go to emeralddowns.com to the racing section and hit trip notes and uh, just a really good compliment to your handicapping right there as we have been saying for years good stuff there john um, what about sunday's governors uh, we've got nine in there and it's three weeks to the long acres mile i don't think let's see was papa's golden boy favored in that budweiser he was he might have been second favorite. who was he wasn't favorite topics well, top, top, top executive, executive. okay might that's have right been right white at the end favorite but, yeah um yeah you know you mentioned you asked me about the meat going into the year and you know there are two horses here um in their last performances one of them from a speed figure standpoint didn't really earn a big speed figure but you know miss dynamic and her both her short two races which was just watching that her break out of the gate and and of course, the second horse, or he could be the first horse, is Papa's Golden Boy's last race. He he ran figures that rival any sprinter in the 27 years we run at Emerald Downs. I think maybe the most recent was when any point in the storm won the Governor's uh, 19, 2019. Mm. Figure wise, I mean, just a but a dominant performance from start to finish. I mean, 21 and one is everybody here knows, and 43 and one are just fractions that are probably going to be unmatched by any West coast sprinter, even the California, uh, Southern California guys. And then he's still able just to dominate the stretch there. And he, he has a perfect scenario. Again, he draws outside again. He's going to a distance that he's won at before he's the top weight he's handled in the past. And there isn't really anybody that's going to chase him or make him do what something different. Cause that outside draw gives the, the riders, you know, the little option to kind of slowly coast himself into the, into the lead there, but um, he's going to be a huge favorite there. But as you mentioned, this, while obviously a big stakes race and one everybody wants to win, the, the mile is the next one. And 
there's a few horses in here that, you know, are, are probably like, okay, we're, if Papa Golden Boy runs his race, we know we're not going to beat him sprinting, but clearly we're going to set ourselves up for um, about three weeks from now and, uh, you know, we'll see how they do coming into this race. But one of them, as we talked last year and into this year, is five-star general. Last year, I don't want to say for sure he might have been the best horse, but he had a brutal trip. He just had things go wrong on the first turn that completely cost him position and lengths, and he still was only beaten two lengths there. And now yeah. we'll see what he does tomorrow. And I think, you know, the connections bought him over the, you know, in the in the spring here with the the, the goal of winning the Lionacre's Mile. And he's a tough, hard-knocking horse that loves six and a half, but uh, last year's mile, and I know, I think he'd run in it uh, a year before also, but um, I'm going to be curious to see what he does, not necessarily from the perspective of trying to beat Papa's Golden Boy, but we'll see where he can finish up here. Because as I mentioned last year, you know, he, he did not have things go his way in the mile. Hey, John, I got a question on one of the horses in there that seems to me like a real up-and-comer is Sluice Tiz Wiz. He comes off a really good effort last time where he was loaded the whole race and just looks like an improving horse to me. Yeah, I think a lot of people might look at him if you're looking at exotics to use him second or third. I, I think I, a couple notes on him is, is when he got beat by Papa's Golden Boy and uh, first five-star general in the Budweiser, he didn't have that bad of a trip at all. He actually had a pretty good trip, and he fell out of it. And he'll be probably helped by the extra distance here, but um, he does come back off what most people would, you know, quote, a perfect trip. There was a four-horse speed duel in front of him. He sat inside. He angled out he drew away he, he ran decent it was a good effort he was favored he was the one to beat there but in this scenario the field's going to be pretty far spread out because papa's golden boy and is pretty quick and there's some other speed and he's going to be a little further back and it's a little bigger field and that perfect rail trip where everything goes your way probably isn't going to happen it could and i think that kind of puts him in a scenario where if his last race was his best race and I thought it was his best race he's ever run in his life. He's probably unlikely to get that perfect trip that he got again. But as you mentioned, Vince, he is only four. This is his, you know, fourth start this year. He's improved, appears every race. I could see a lot of people looking at him. I think for me, he'd probably be a horse I would consider a little further down the line than maybe tomorrow. But um, we'll see what he does. Okay. Well. He's uh, won three sprints in his four career victories, and but he can also go two turns, so an exciting proposition there. Slew's Tiz Wiz will be back in two weeks for Tom Wenzel after that allowance win you described. So, uh, yeah, Papa's Golden Boy against eight others in the Governors. Papa's Golden Boy, the defending champion of the race. That is Sunday's eighth race, and uh, we'll have some selections in our next segment. Um, I think, did Bill, did you do the morning line? For the yes, Sunday? I did. Vince okay. had a prior commitment. Yeah. So uh, I, I deputized, I did the morning line out in Indiana for a few years. So it was uh old hat. I haven't forgotten how to add okay. up, uh, make a line balanced as of yet. All right. Okay. And, uh, John majestic Eagle, you've owned him for what, about three years now, a good three years. And I see he's in the entries at Del Mar this opening weekend. Yeah, we're, he's going to run in the wicker again. Um, last year he ran second in the wicker. It was a little easier race and a much smaller field than he is in um, Sunday. But he's doing really, really well. Neil is always – this horse has always trained really well, and he's really sound, and he doesn't miss a beat. In fact, he works every 
every seven days. I mean, almost all the time. I mean, for three straight years, almost, except for when we get a couple, you know, some months off. But and the trainer always I, implements all your. I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. The trainer always implements all your suggestions as well. Yes. So um, we, I, to be honest, I didn't really want to run in his last start, the American. He had drawn the ten hole. He was three weeks off the Daytona, and last year we kind of learned our lesson that bringing him back in three weeks, he'd be a little flat when he kind of was at in the American. But um, we do have a little, a little more, maybe a few more days between um, starts this time than we did last year under the Wicker. I think it's almost four and a half weeks just because of the schedule, and he's got. He's one of these horses. Everybody kind of knows him now because we've talked about him a lot. He tries hard every time. He's good enough to be in these races. He's unfortunately for us only won one of the greatest stakes races. He was able to win at Turf Paradise, but he's run second in Daytona twice. He's run third in the San Gabriel. I mean, number of huge races he's run great in, and we just got to hope that things you know break good for him because he he's going to need some help to to be especially. There's a big favorite in there named Smooth Like Straight, but. Um, you know, it's fun owning a horse like this because he's always in it and we've gone to Kentucky as you know, we've heard a couple of times and he's run some big races there too, even though he hasn't been able to win. And I'm hoping one day things break his way and he comes through with another great stakes win, but, uh, no complaints at all. He's, he is a good a horse as I've been around and have been associated with clearly, but just to have the, you know, ability to be in this type of race on a regular basis, is pretty cool for us. Yep. That's nice, and you tried to get him up here to the mile last year. Trainer Drysdale uh, wanted to run him on the grass, but uh, is that an outside possibility three weeks after um, this wicker? I, I tried to get him in the mile actually three straight years, okay. and it, it, Neil Neil is a turf route trainer, so he kind of says, well, if everything, nothing else kind of comes our way, we would look at it, but um, he's pretty confident that he, he needs to be on the turf and I as Joe and Vince know I, I really thought we could come up here last year and right at the very end Neil decided uh that was not going to be the plan so um I can't have no complaints with Neil at all because he has kept this horse running at, with the top company in Southern California and I give him a lot of credit for that because a lot of these horses that he raced against even up through a year ago you know don't aren't around anymore but Majestic still is around mm. and Neil has done the right things with him in that regard. And, um, you know, he's his, you know, the guy's won the Kentucky Derby. He's won seven or eight Breeders' Cup races. So I don't think, you know, I, I, I got to keep that in mind and, um, and just kind of enjoy where we're at today. And I, I, I don't think the Lionacre's Mile this year is going to be on our schedule. But if something funny happened and he had the scratch on Sunday or something, then it might, you know, go into it. But right now we're planning on running Sunday. All right, that's Majestic Eagle and the Wicker at Del Mar on Sunday. John, uh, thanks so much for all your participation and your interest and, uh, hey, your expertise on all things Emerald Downs. We'll see you at the track this weekend. Yeah, thank you, and see you guys soon. Have thanks, a good John. Day. Bye-bye. Thanks, John. That's John Lindley joining us. And it is just three weeks to the Long Acres Mile from this Sunday, August 14th. And, of course, the governor's figures to send a few horses that way. And uh, next week, Premio Esmeralda, both Saturday and Sunday. And that is a great show and a great festival here at Emerald Downs. That'll be July 30th and 31st. We'll come back with our final segment of Horse Racing Northwest. 
Play for your share of over $14,000 with Summer Jam Machine Tournaments at Muckleshoot Casino. Tournaments are back Friday, July 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th. Register for free with your Muckleshoot Rewards card starting at 4 p.m. Don't be late. The tournament starts at 5 p.m. Summer Jam Machine Tournaments. Select Fridays at Muckleshoot Casino. The biggest and best in the Northwest. It's all about the ride. White blinkers, little casino, pink cap, and executive chef is swung wide for the stretch drive. Mr. Mischief is on the stand side. They got one furlong to go. It's all about the ride. Executive chef, a view from above, digs in along the inside. These three across the track, six teeth to go. A view from above. It's all about the ride. And executive chef, and that's close. Maybe it's all about the ride. That was It's All About the Ride. Last weekend at Emerald Downs, taking the Irish Day, his first stakes victory, as we talked about in our first segment. And uh, the three-year-old uh, top of the class uh, moved around just a little bit there as we head further into the 2022 season at Emerald Downs. And we'd like to welcome, as a guest to Horse Racing Northwest, owner Greg Conley. Greg, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Thanks yep. for having me. You bet. You're here with myself, Vince, and bill downs and uh greg is part of uh well you were running horses with your dad's name and yourself uh chuck and greg conley and this year uh it's paddock partners and it might have started a little last year you brought some more people into the game tell us about that greg well yeah we've been recruiting for years and uh right now paddock partners limited is is my dad and myself still uh and the people that we have been recruiting, we've been recruiting them to run under their own name. Uh, we've uh, got a handful of people this year that have gotten their license. Uh, a few of them have gotten into some claims, but uh, lost out on the shakes because we have so many people claiming this year, which has been great. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have brought people in, which is outstanding. And uh, Greg is uh, pretty progressive on... Uh, events in business and culture and so forth and you joined us last year i know on our podcast and talked about uh, the metaverse a little bit and and some of those opportunities that apply to horse racing and you've got an event coming up next month that you wanted to talk about yeah thank you i appreciate that uh, we've been patient uh the metaverse isn't necessarily patient uh people are looking for instant gratification but we're in a situation where uh, horse racing is a, is a game of patience, as you guys know. And we have been explaining to a number of people that have been outside the industry that are now coming in that just waiting for a, a horse to hit the ground, you, know, you have that 11-month, 11 11-day 11 gestation period, and then all that work to, to get them you know, possibly to run as a two-year-old. So it's a big commitment time-wise. So we've stayed patient in our approach. And on uh, August 21st, which happens to be T-Rex Day, a uh, nice day out at the racetrack, we are holding an event that we're calling NFT and Web3 Thoroughbred Thought Leaders. And we're looking to uh, recruit, again, more of these people that are outside of our industry that are invested in, in Web3, and then also educate those that are in our industry about what Web3 is all about and what, uh, what is coming uh, in the near future for most everybody. 
Okay, so um, Web3, um, if uh, you've got a lot of people that know right where you're going and what you're talking about, but if there's an opportunity, it's an opportunity to buy in on a web horse. So what, what we're doing is uh, we continue to acquire horses uh, via claiming or private purchase. And those horses uh, in real life, uh, when they make money, a portion of their money is going to go into a vault. And that vault will eventually do a number of things for our community, for, for people coming into uh, horse racing. The people that uh, will invest into our NFTs, they are not uh, owners of the horses. Paddock Partners Limited is. And we are just going to benefit them uh, for, for being a part of what we're doing. And then eventually, as we, as we grow up this community... Uh, when the vault is uh, filled with with more money, uh, the community will decide on what they want to do, what kind of horses they want to go after, etc. Are you finding this uh, fairly stimulating? You must be, um, because you get a you know I know you love the thoroughbred game out on the Emerald Downs Oval, but uh, is this uh, stimulating for you too? And it, it's a possible economic uh, uh, kickback in the end. Tell us about that. Uh, I'm not looking for that particularly. I I just want to continue to increase the number of people that are in our game. I've told you this before. You know, I'd love to see purses increase and all that kind of stuff because I don't ask anything for free. I just want to go out and compete and have a chance to do that. And when we bring more people in, more horse owners, I think that, uh, you know, the prospects of everything while growing uh, is greater. And so that that's really our mission. When it when it comes to you know financial success, I think it's it's more of what the horses are going to do at the track that it will determine that. So we will continue to always look for you know the best horses that we can possibly claim. That's great, Greg Conley joining us, of course, on Horse Racing Northwest uh, with trainer Joe Toy, who was our training champion last year, and. Uh, so that date is, uh, did you say that was August 21st? August 21st. That's your Sunday yep. uh, racing and the day that you, you guys are all holding the uh, T-Rex races, which has been a success in the past and I imagine will be a success uh, uh, this year as well. And people can register for our event because space is limited. And we have a number of speakers. We have uh Peter Hamilton and Jennifer Wong coming out. And these are the people that started uh, the Seattle NFT Museum, which is, uh, a, well, the, the number one, the first museum uh, to showcase uh, NFTs, I think, in the world. Huh. And, and it's right there in downtown Seattle, close to the Seattle Art Museum. And then uh, we will have people register on our website, which is paddockpartners.ltd. Okay. And and again, it's it's kind of first come first serve, and we we have a number of other people that we're uh, working on getting as guests uh, from outside of our industry and and inside our industry as well too. That's great. Okay, paddockpartners.ltd is the website. So uh, those interested go there, and that'll have more information on. Uh, Greg's involvement on the metaverse, NFTs, and the August 21st event. Greg, uh, uh, on the, a little more on the racing front, 
We got uh, someone to give little John Parker a bit of a push here. You guys are usually right there uh, battling for the leading owner. Can you make a second half surge there with Paddock Partners to to pose a threat to John? Uh, he is a wonderful uh, opponent to, to have, and I, I appreciate everything that he does for our industry. He's very good for our industry. Uh, he has uh, more horses than we do, so just the sheer numbers makes it difficult. But uh, we do plan on giving him a run for his money uh, through the second half of our, our season. We have 10 horses in the barn right now, and all of them uh, seem to be ready to run. And that, that's what you know, is exciting when everybody's sound and, and ready to go. That's great. 10 horses. Oh, that's an uh, outstanding commitment, Greg. Uh, just always like to accommodate you on uh, your requests or uh, your drive for for new owners and so forth. But uh, one of those own, uh, horses in your barn is Mike Mann's Gold, who made his first start as a 12-year-old a couple weeks back. Uh, you know, not maybe the most dynamic race from him, but uh, how's he doing since then, and, and what are some of the plans? Well, he came back fired up and, and feeling really good uh, because we, we are patient with him. We, we wanted, and he needed that race. There's no question about it. Uh, he had one of his longest uh, breaks uh, that he's had for us. And, and so, uh, as one of your guys always says, uh, racing him into shape. Uh, Mike uh, is a professional, and, and so is Kevin Radke. I have to give him a lot of credit because, you know, he, at, at the top of the lane, you know, knew that he wasn't going to catch the winners, and so he wasn't going to push him anymore. And uh, we, uh, luckily, uh, came back uh, sound and healthy, and, and he will be ready to go. But we are, you know, in the planning stages, and, and we knew that we were going to be limited on the number of races, you know, that he could run uh, this year. And he, he always tells us when he's ready. And so we are, we are preparing for that day when uh, his retirement comes, though, and have been talking to you know, the likes of Keith Swaggerty, because, you know, Keith's a very important man in our industry mm-hmm. and supported uh, racing here for a long time. And we envision Mike having a chance to, to go back home to his farm, you know, once uh, everything's said and done. That would be great. Uh, 12-year-old Mike Mann's gold, the all-time winningest horse in Emerald Downs history, 26 victories. And Greg, uh, you'll probably be happy to know, a little smile. He's also uh, tied for most stakes wins among active horses. Not that he's going to run in one this year, but he's got four stakes wins, same as uh, top and executive and I'm a happy cat. He has been competing here for over a decade now, officially. That's not many horses can, can lay claim wow. to that. Ten straight well, seasons. Well, the other, the other record that I think he holds is uh, having a win every single season of that. Uh, most definitely. Uh, that That is his record. You bet. He's won every year, ages 2 through 11. Ten straight years he won here. And So uh, we can we can only keep our fingers crossed and, and hope that he can, uh, you know, find a way to the winner's circle again. Uh, but it, uh, he loves his job, and, and we... Uh, love having him in the barn. We, you know, receive uh, great uh, compliments about him, and and it's something that we, you know, take very highly in pride uh, to make sure that uh, you know he's ready to go when he, when he says he is. That's great. 
Greg, thanks for joining us. Uh, once again, paddockpartners.ltd, a website for those future uh, NFT metaverse events and the, uh, the register for the event on August 21st. Uh, see you soon at the track, Greg. I appreciate it. And uh, Bill, it's, uh, it's great to hear your voice. Uh, you're, you're getting stronger out here in the Northwest every single day. And, and we really appreciate what you bring to the table. Oh, thank you so much. It's always, you know, there's always a, a period you got to get used to uh, new surroundings, but uh, it took me a couple of weeks. And then after that, uh, I started to feel a lot more comfortable in the booth and just uh, living in the, in the Seattle area. So thank you so much. Well, we're Triple Crown JC on Twitter, and, yep. and we've been, you know, following you, and, and uh, again, appreciate how much you uh, interact with the, the the folks on Twitter as well, too. Oh yes, even <laughs> even uh, some of the the folks uh, that that like to uh, chirp up a little bit too much, I, I I'll even entertain their thoughts as well. So it's, a, I, I like to be a, a, a representative. There's no doubt about that. Thanks. Well, you're becoming Northwest through and through, and and we appreciate you. No problem. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Greg. Greg Conley joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And uh, he has got Zatter in on Saturday. And I think uh, Major Munnings on Sunday. Yep. So You know, can we clone Greg's phone line there? That's the clearest Not reception bad, huh? I've ever heard for uh, one of those off-site calls. Yeah, that was How'd great. you do that, Cy? <laughs> Cy Labar out there pushing the buttons. He got that line cleared nicely. Okay, so uh, let's uh, finish up our Horse Racing Northwest podcast for this week. Sport shorts, we like to throw out that stuff. We've all followed sports our entire lives. I'm going to start off with, uh, um, it's sort of a halfway trivia question, but I'll give the answer. So uh, for a Northwest-based trainer, based in the Northwest, of course, leaves at odd times of the year when uh, Long Acres ended, Yakima ended, Emerald Downs ended. Craig Roberts has the record for the highest single race purse earnings for a horse of a Northwest-based trainer, a horse that broke his maiden at Long Acres in 1991. You know who that is, Vince? I do. Who is it? It's Slew of Damascus. That's right. He won the Hollywood Gold Cup in 1994, did Slew of Damascus, and first prize was $412,000. So Craig Roberts... Uh, Northwest Bass Trainer has the highest single race purse earnings. And Blaine Wright, second, when a no d'or uh, finished second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile a few years ago. But uh, Craig's got that record. That's a little sport short, horse racing side. Bill? Well, we're on the NFT uh, bandwagon today. So I decided to, once I read this article, that this would be a good uh, segue in my sport short. Um, NFTs can mean a lot of things. It can mean about, you know, you're buying a, a piece of art. It can mean that you're buying a token that represents something, or it can mean something as digital collectibles. And that's something that I am into a little bit with, uh, there's a product called NBA Top Shot, and there's an NFL product called NFL All Day, and they're NFTs, and they're basically, they're digital collectibles is what they are. Um, and I always say I like them and my girlfriend likes them because they don't take up space. They just stay on my computer all the time. Well, um, ticket stubs, we mentioned that before mm -hmm. too, and how I used to keep uh, ticket stubs and how, you know, even though the Packers were, who are, uh, I'm a season ticket holder, sent out physical ticket stubs that they are starting to go away. Well, the NFL is, uh, expanding in that market with Ticketmaster. They're going to have a digital 
ticket stubs that you're going to be able to collect if you go to certain games. And every NFL team is going to be involved this year, and there's going to be like over a hundred games. And uh, you'll you basically you'll you'll open up what's called a wallet, and then whenever you want to look at it, you can look at it. So um, that's something that is uh, the NFTs are. They are expanding. It's going That's to be just part of being a season ticket holder for those. Well, they had, last year they did that, and then this year I think as well. If you go to the game, I think you have to go to the game this year. Okay, whatever these one hundred games are uh, throughout the NFL season. I know the Packers have got about three or three home games uh, that I could potentially uh, get uh, those those NFTs from. So um, it, it's all over the place. The and I know the the NFL product is going to really expand this fall. Uh, NFL all day and uh, something that uh, I, I try to get in the, on the ground floor on. So wouldn't be surprised if an NFL stuff expanded. Hey Vince, you were probably at that uh, Hollywood Gold Cup in '94, weren't you? I sure was. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Remember the press conference with the people from Washington State yeah, afterwards? Uh, Harbiston, Loesch, and Nakarado were yeah, the yeah. They were delightful people, and uh, that was that was pretty cool. I was also I went on O'Dor. Ran second in the Breeders' Cup. Okay. Was it that one too? Uh, mine. We're gonna have two short price favorites in the stakes this weekend: Papa's Golden Boy and the Governor Stakes, and Blazing Bella Blue and the Washington State Legislator. This is kind of esoteric, but Speed has done really great in the Governors here with uh, twelve for twenty-five gate to wire winners in the Governors. So almost fifty percent of them uh, have gone gate to wire, and certainly Papa's Golden Boy will be blasting. Out of the nine hole, and in the Washington State Legislators, Blazing Bell Blue, what even money on the morning line? Yes, uh, even money, and uh, second choice uh, from the Lucarelli Barn. Let's declare peace. Who has won? She has won her last yeah. uh, three dirt races. For whatever reason, favorites have struggled in that race. Just going five for twenty-five here uh, in, 20, the, in the Washington State Legislators. Wow. So uh, you know that could just be a uh, you know a doesn't really mean anything. It's kind of interesting, though. So uh, let's see if uh, history holds uh, with Papa's Golden Boy and also with favorites in the Washington State Legislators. Papa's Golden Boy, three Emerald Down Stakes wins. He could become uh, a four-time winner among active horses. And he's going to be favored to do so in an exciting governor's matchup. Well, whenever he's in a race, it's uh, there's some excitement there. He is one fast sprinter. Where are we here? Oh, uh, some selections. Bill, what do you have uh, for this weekend? Well, Sunday, I do like uh, it. You know, as much as I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Blazing Bella Blue uh, run uh, for the second time in, in in my short tenure here, I do like that Lucarelli uh, Philly. Let's declare peace. And like I said, that the the form is kind of hidden a little bit with those turf races. You look at her last uh, three wins. She's one on the, near the front end. She's also come from a little bit off the pace. Um, and I, I like her. I think that uh, she has some upside. I think she fits in very nicely in a stakes race here. And so let's declare peace. Who well, I made a, a very strong second choice in the morning line. Uh, let's declare peace uh, at two to one. I, I, I think that she's going to give everything uh, to the favor, but pleasing Bella Blue in the Washington State Legislator Stakes. Okay, yeah. Claimed on closing day as a two-year-old here at Emerald Downs. And I know Frank was excited uh, for Chad and Josh to get that filly on the turf. And she's uh, been a little better on dirt-fast tracks, to say the least. And that's where she is Sunday at Emerald Downs. Um, Rocky Tough was super impressive in his victory here on July 9th. Uh, He had run in the 2019 mile 
uh, didn't figure much there, but wow, he had some trouble in that race. But, you know, Frank's Fix-It ran awful well, too. I'm going to go with Frank's Fix-It up front in that race as the maybe the lone speed. Yeah, Frank's Fix-It. And there's another horse on the outside who was about a length or behind. Yeah. Just, uh, Jedi just, Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both those horses were close to, what was it, a sub-46 half. Um, yeah. That's, that's smoking for that class level. And yeah. I thought those two ran... A little bit better than than Rocky Tough uh, did because Rocky Tough benefited uh, from that uh, electric early pace in that race. Yeah, actually, it was 46, 45 and four half. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly right. Okay, um, so I'm going to give Frank's fix it a, no- a nod to possibly go up front in there. I mean, he's very limited in mile tries, but he's now a win in a second. And- yeah, he does have a win yeah. at, at the distance. Uh, so that's uh, something to, to, to hang your head on as well. And Papa's Golden Boy, for me, in the uh, I wasn't on him in the Budweiser, but uh, he picks up three pounds. Uh, Vince uh, Vince actually could make a pick there because he didn't do the morning line, but uh, if you want. Well, Vince, I uh, talked a little earlier tonight. I I, just, uh, I like kind of kind of how Sluice Tim yeah. Wiz is coming around in that race at a price. You know, a sharp horse seems to still be improving a little bit, and. Um, and like John said, it's going to be tough to beat Papa's Golden Boy, but I, a pretty good chance he's going to be finishing really nicely in that race. I was on Five Star General and Budweiser, who ran pretty darn well, but again, just uh, the speed of Papa's Golden Boy. But six and a half, a better distance for Five Star General than six furlongs. As we yeah, see. he's going to be interesting to see. If he takes another step forward there, he's, uh, he's one to fear in the mile for sure. Okay, and trivia from last week was who has the most participations in the Longacres Mile in the Emerald Downs era? The all-time leader is Kent Green, who ran in six Longacres Miles. But at Emerald Downs, there's three of them that ran in five, Wasserman, Assessment, and Stryker, Ph.D. Of course, all were winners, Stryker a double winner. We had uh, several winning uh, submissions on that one. Uh, Michael Tarlow won the flip, and he wins another trivia question. I think Michael's showing up this weekend to grab some swag. I'll be ready. And so this week's trivia question, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. In Emerald Downs Long Acres Mile history, on one occasion, the only Washington bred in the race won the race. So there's been several times when there's been only one Washington bred in the Long Acres Mile, but only one time the Washington bred won as the sole state bred horse in there. So send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks to our guests, John Lindley and Greg Conley, and uh, hope to see you at a great weekend of racing here at Emerald Downs, horse racing Northwest. <laughs>